Hi, welcome to the Reapply podcast, where we talk to practical people about practical ideas. We hope you can gain some wisdom and inspiration that you can apply to your life. Enjoy. We're all actually really good friends. We have our WhatsApp group of all the singers and we're very, we're very, very supportive of each other and it's just so nice. I, I don't, the guys would never do that, you know. I no, think they're just sure too competitive. <laughs> but all of us are actually really close. We really do support each other and share each other's music and are really proud of each other. And so it's just, it's yeah. really nice. In this podcast, we were joined by the one and only Chaya Kogan. Chaya has released an original album, multiple acapella covers and hit singles. She had a positive and refreshing perspective on Jewish music and how it affects us. We really enjoyed this conversation and we hope you will too. Hi, Reapply listeners. Um, welcome to the third episode of Reapply. We are so excited to have Mrs. Chai Kogan here with us to answer some questions and discuss the topics of media and simcha. Okay, we're going to get right into it. Okay. Um, for the first question, um, as a singer and someone who spends your time involved in music, what is your perspective on the idea of music connecting you to the neshama of the singer? Okay, so I really relate to it because when I write a song, um, I do a lot of soul searching, um, especially when I'm writing the lyrics. First of all, I do a lot of homework and I always look for things that are very relatable and I really dive really deeply into um, the whole writing of the song. And of course, I want the people who are listening to my music to relate to it, you know, every person in their personal life. So, of course, I deeply believe that when you listen to a song, you really are connecting to the neshama of the person who wrote the song because you know, they really invest their all into it. Um, I think from the deepest places in their soul. Uh, and it can come from also their own past experiences. And, you know, when you want someone to relate to a song, then you really do put your heart and soul into it. So I fully believe right. that you do relate to someone's neshama when you listen to their music. Right. And that's so interesting to hear because I feel like we always hear it, but it's like interesting to hear it from an actual singer who's writing songs. Um, So the next question that we have for you is that as a singer and someone who obviously enjoys music a lot and it's your profession, I'm sure that it's very difficult to stay away from non-Jewish music because it just it opens up a whole nother world. There's theories and there's things and there's just endless inspiration and ideas in that world. And I've also, uh, I did a little research and I did notice that unlike some other from women singers, um, you didn't do any covers of non-Jewish songs. So what inspired you to stay away from that? And what is your perspective on how non-Jewish music affects you? And what are some tips for teenage girls, which it is quite a struggle to stay away from that? Right. So that is something that is very, very important to me. I will not only never cover a non-Jewish song, I also will never cover a non-religious song. Um, My reason behind that is, even if it's an Israeli song, 
Um, and I know that overseas, it is acceptable for people to listen to non-religious singers, especially since they don't know what the meaning of the words are. Yeah. Sometimes I can, <laughs> oh my gosh, sometimes I can see like videos of bat mitzvah parties and I see like all these from girls dancing to this Israeli song and I'm like, oh my gosh, they have no idea what those words mean. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. If they it would, so much they would never be listening to that. So <laughs> Not only do I not cover non-Jewish songs, but also non-religious songs, because I know that as um, someone who uh, is on kind of a public stand, I know that people will always go and look for the original song, right? Mm -hmm. Even if I do an Israeli um, non-religious singer's song, uh, and if it's completely clean and, you know, there's no bad words to it and not even a love song or anything like that, but I always know that people always want to listen to the original version of the song. And I believe that I'm in a place um, where a lot of girls, you know, look up to me and I am not going to be that person who is going to cause these girls to go and look for the original song of the artist and, you know, it will take them to a non-religious singer and then who knows where I'll go from there. A right. lot of girls are very mucked not to listen to non-religious music and I'm not going to be that person who's, who's basically going to take them there. Um, and then from there, you know, you never know where it can spiral. Sure. Um, so that's something that I'm very much fit about. And I mean, I've been approached by all different singers who have wanted to do duets with me, um, not only for non-Jewish songs, but for non-religious songs, Israeli songs, beautiful songs. But I'm like, I can't, even though I'd love to, it's such a beautiful song, but I can't, I can't cover it because I have that responsibility to the girls who listen to my music and I'm not going to send them to go and listen to the original song by the singer who has other songs that might not be appropriate. Um, so I just can't do that. But um, obviously non-Jewish music, a lot of times, you know, the words are just, you know, so inappropriate. And yeah, sometimes you can get that, um, you know, it's fun and upbeat music and, you know, but obviously it, it always does something to us. I mean, every song does something to us. If you listen to a sad song, can put you in a certain mood. A, a happy song puts you in a certain mood. And a non-Jewish song that has certain words and a certain vibe, then, you know, it does something to you. So right. actually my whole goal of what I do um, is to release um, – modern music, but completely, um, you know, original Jewish music. Mm -hmm. um, when I was growing up, I saw a lot of, you know, girls around me who didn't have what to listen to. And there was only the classic Hasidic music. And a lot of girls didn't relate to it. Sure, and right, yeah. they were turning to non-Jewish music. So I said, when I grow up, that's <laughs> what I'm going to provide. Good wow. Jewish modern music that girls can listen to that they won't have to look elsewhere for. And then when I released my album, so I'm like, okay, so we have the music, but people are still looking for music videos out there. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, we need to do something that's, you know, also top quality, but, you know, for us. Yeah. So I decided I have to release a music video <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> to come along with the whole concept. So that's basically my whole goal of what I do. Um, to release good Jewish music, which is, you know, 
modern and fun and has good meaning and you know people it is relatable but you know it's fully jewish <laughs> yeah it's really incredible wow, yeah it's so cool that you like actually managed to make that happen but as a from woman did you um face any struggles going into the music industry and what were some things that like helped you stay strong so of course it's a lot harder to be a religious female singer i mean even in the jewish world it's a lot easier for the men because you know there's jewish radio stations and they can have their music on there something mm-hmm. that we can't do right. you know obviously we can't put it on regular radio or tv or other things like that or take part in you know different um you know there's all these different competitions music competitions today and you can't be part of any of that and we it's kind of um a very closed circle of opportunities that we can you know work with um but still you know i think it's doable it's a lot harder for us also when you want to put on a concert right so Mm -hmm. it's only for women that excludes so many people but at the same time it's it's also so rewarding because um i personally feel there's nothing like going to all women's concert when everyone feels just so comfortable to just have the best time of their life you know just dance like nobody's watching (laughs) like you don't have to be worried that there's anyone there looking at you in this way or that way any guys around you know it's just like just all women and um it's hard it's not easy a lot of times you know there are those struggles on the way and um but at the same time every uh, step forward is just so rewarding and Baruch Hashem now today there are more and more female religious singers getting out there and putting out incredible music something that was not done a few years ago mm-hmm. and I always believe the more the merrier yeah. the more Jewish female music out there I think it's just so empowering and so powerful and women are putting out incredible music videos and you know mm-hmm. I think it's not even a competition anymore between the women and the men because the women are just like going full steam ahead. Um, So, you know, when we have a struggle, we just overcome it. It's, it's harder, but you know, we're doing it. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely could not have been easy. Um, So our next question is that our theme for this month, Adar is Simcha and positivity. And mm-hmm. so obviously when you listen to music, they're a happy song. It definitely keeps people upbeat and keeps people going. So do you have a personal story where you saw either your music or just music in general change the mood of the situation or uplift people who were going through a hard time? Yeah, so actually um, I have a song which is called Hakol Mimcha, which means it's all from you. Mm-hmm. And that song was actually my first music video that I released mm-hmm. and I have had the most incredible feedback. I literally get shivers every time I get a message about that song. Um, so basically talks about how sometimes, you know, we have all these struggles that we go through in life and Hashem puts us in certain situations which are not easy, but at the end of the day, he does it because He wants us to reveal within ourselves that strength that we wouldn't have revealed if we wouldn't have been put in that difficult situation. 
And then when we overcome it, we realize how much stronger we are because of it. So that was based on, you know, a personal experience that I had um, in my life with mm-hmm. one of my children. And um, we're still going through it. It's not easy. But um, I decided I want to write a song about it because I felt like, you know, so many people are going through difficult times and we really need to just focus on that, that Hashem, first of all, doesn't give us something that um, we can't overcome. And when we do overcome it, we really feel how much we've changed because of it and how much stronger we've gotten. The minute you look back and you're like, wow, I am a different person today because of that. So I have gotten the most crazy messages from people from that song one person said that she was going through a horrible divorce and this song was literally what kept her going another girl wrote to me that her mother was sick for a whole year and then passed away at the end and that song was literally on repeat the whole time her mother was in the hospital another person told me she was in a um uh, she was, she has a certain mental illness and that song is on repeat. I literally have like the craziest <laughs> messages wow. from that song. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like it just blows me away every time. And I just feel so grateful to Ashen that I can be that messenger t- to just give over that message of, you know, strength. And people really realize that, you know, we can do this even though it's hard, you know, right. we change and we become so much stronger because of it. So. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Um, so speaking of like your influence and everything for the struggle to get, you know, get where you are um, has been like, I'm sure a hard one. But through it all, your music has gotten hundreds of thousands of views um, on YouTube. And, you know, it's seen all over the world, which is like deserves a massive congratulations, because as you said, from a singer, like it's it's not easy. Um, so, um, how has the fame affected you? Was it hard to stay focused and not get like blindsided by like opportunities and all the glitz and glamour of, you know, the music industry? Like maybe once you're famous, it kind of did it go to your head at all? Or how did you like stay focused on what your goal is throughout that? Yeah. So Baruch Hashem, being a mother of five kind of keeps you grounded. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So you have your, your night job, you know, your concerts, your things that you do, and then you you come home to a house of children and, you know, being a mother. So that really keeps you grounded. (laughs) You can never like completely just, you know, fly away and just like, you know, be the superstar. Um, That will never work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, First of all, I think appreciating everything that has happened and this whole journey, and it's just so not obvious. And just, you know, looking back at, you know, how it all developed is just, it's so incredible. And I I really am just so grateful to Hashem for this whole thing. And I never would have believed, you know, that I would be where I am today. I originally have the worst stage fright (laughs) literally when I started you know uh, working on my music I'm like okay I like if I had a choice I'd literally put out an album anonymously just you know people enjoy my music I don't want like I don't need them to know who I am or what I look like or anything just like let me stay in the studio um 
when I started doing concerts, I was literally trembling before oh, I'd get oh, on stage. Like God. it's it's something that is very not me to be there. Um, you know, with all the lights and everything, but yeah. I've, I, I understand that this is like part of my job <laughs> um, and I've gotten used to it. So it's a lot easier for me to perform now. Um, I, I'm still like not obvious to me when people come and want to take selfies. I'm like, really? Like, oh, my music? Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Like it, it's, it's not something that's obvious, but I have this funny story um, a couple years ago. I performed here in Israel for a huge uh, Chabad women's convention. Oh, there were about seven and a half thousand women there. Whoa. Um, was it summer? No, it was uh, the annual Chabad women's convention. They have it wow. once a year here. I've done it a few times already. So that was the first time I actually performed an original song with my daughter. Oh, I saw that. It's called, right? <laughs> so cute oh my god right so that song okay so I I had to get home afterwards and we had a wedding of the daughter of really good friends of ours and I had to get to this wedding so on the way home I someone gave me a babysitter's number my regular babysitter couldn't come so I called this girl and just like I'm like okay can you be here in about two hours I was literally like driving back from the concert I had to get ready and she's like, sure, whatever. So I get home. My house was such a mess and my kids had to get showered in pajamas and I had to get ready. And I, I started literally washing the floor, right? I'd like put on my house clothes. I'm like washing the floor. I'm like, there's like, I'm so embarrassed. This babysitter should come. And my house is like such a mess. So I start cleaning up the house and she, she knocks on the door. I hadn't gotten ready yet. I hadn't gone dressed yet for the wedding. She knocks on the door. She comes in. She looks at me. She's like, what you on the stage like three hours ago? <laughs> I'm like, um, yeah, that was me. But this is also me. <laughs> I'm like, this is the real me. <laughs> Literally like in the middle of washing the floor with like my house clothes on. So like, you know, it's very humbling. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's like real life, you know. There's all the glitz and glam, but it's mm -hmm. nice. It's fun. I enjoy it. I love, um, you know, the feedback I get from people and, and the messages I get, how, you know, it's helped them get through things. But, you know, glitz and glam is not real, right? right we, right. It's, you know, you, you do it as part of your, you know, what it, it's always easier to relate to someone when they're dressed in a certain way, right? I would never wear my house clothes on stage, but... You know, um, there's real life and then there's the glitz and glam, which is beautiful. But, you know, you always have to find that um, place in between, which is, you know, reality. Sometimes you can get caught up and sure and you're sure like something you'll see on social media. Like, oh, wow, this person lives in like La La Land. You know, I wish that was my life. Mm -hmm. But you really have no idea what their real life looks like. Right. right? You only see what they put up which obviously no one's going to put up themselves washing the floor, right? <laughs> right. So, you know, just find that place in between, which is reality. <laughs> yeah. um, so going on to the next question, um, for girls out there who like to sing and are, like, really amazing at it, how did you turn it from just a talent into a whole, like, profession? 
Right. So I come from a musical family. My mother is one of the first um, from female singers. And actually, the Rebbe really encouraged her to make music for women. Then back in the day, talking about 32 years ago, it was not something that was, you know, done. And she was terrified. She didn't know what people were going to think of her. But the Rebbe really, really encouraged her. Um, and she actually went on tour in America and a lot of girls grew up with her music. Um, and I have a brother describe who is also a singer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of come from popular. Yeah. So I kind of come from musical background family. I grew up with music all around me. And then when I was 19, I actually joined kind of like a girls band here in Israel we would perform like three times a week all over Israel um, for all different communities we had like packed concerts uh, in different cities every week Um, within about half a year we did about 50 concerts so that was called Kolot I was you know singing and dancing there and then after I got married so we went on Shilchis to Moscow. We lived there for nine years. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's when I actually decided, I started performing for the community just with my guitar, just like, you know, uh, well-known Hasidic songs. And then that whole dream of mine of creating Jewish modern music started to come about. And, you know, I just started getting into it. Slowly, slowly, you know, it's not something that happens overnight. Mm -hmm. It's not something that, boom, you know, you have like tons of people know you. It doesn't work like that. It's it's a work in progress. It's something that you you start off with one song or, you know, a few. And then slowly it goes goes around. People get to know you Um, when you release something that is relatable. uh, I think then it's easier for people to, you know, to send it around because they relate to it. They want to share it with other people. Um, but yeah, something that happens slowly, you need to be persistent. You need to really know what your goal is um, and work at it and you'll be successful. Okay. Really good advice. We have a lot of girls in our school who are really musically talented. So yeah, I'm sure they'll, they'll love to hear that. Um, I think it's also more about not just doing cover songs because, right. you know, it's nice to hear a cover song, but if you write about something that you really relate to, something that you really connect to and you want other people to also, because when you sing something that that you relate to, like really, and you feel like this is something that people should, you know, listen to and learn about and connect to, you'll sing it from a different place. Like, this will be your own, and people will hear it through your music, how sincere you are. And, you know, I think they'll relate, too. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to finish up with our final question, which Mm -hmm. is, do you have any interesting stories about the inspiration behind your songs or, you know, behind the scenes, your music videos? And I'm just going to add one more thing is, do you have anything coming out? Can we be looking forward to anything? (laughs) So first of all, I have Be'ezot Hashem, a new album coming out. Um, I've actually just last, just, yeah, last week I recorded a new song, which will be coming out 
uh, right after Shavuos. I may have something coming up before Pesach. Um, I have to decide that actually really soon, if that's <laughs> going to happen or not, if I have enough time. Um, so I have a lot of inspirations for my music, but they're all personal experiences or things that I really feel that I want to share with people, uh, certain messages that I want them, you know, to to take in and think about that will, you know, hopefully empower them and make them feel better about themselves or help them deal with certain things because I dealt with them. You know, it's always about something that I've gone through or a certain message where I really relate to and like has really inspired me and I want to, you know, pass that on. Um, a lot of times when I'm, you know, writing lyrics, I, I deep so deep, I dive so deeply into it that I, I can literally start crying from just like, you know, writing everything and just putting it all on paper. And, wow. you know, I really put my heart and soul into it because I want it to go as deep as possible when people listen to it. I really want them to relate to it on the highest level they can because I want them to be empowered and, you know, and, feel that, you know, this will really inspire them to feel a different way or do something or, you know. Yeah. Right. So. Wow. So much for joining us today. Um, it's sure. The time difference um, for me to work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, we really, really enjoyed it. And uh, we can't wait for everyone in our school to hear it. We would like to give a massive shout out to the girls who completed the UAE mission for all four weeks. You guys are amazing. These girls are Mashki Bitone, Aliyah Chayalevi, Mashki Amitai, Rachela Hakner, Khan Lakan, Esti Janowski, Ahuva Gutnik, Hindagolda Davidson, Rifka Levitin, and Chayla Tenenhaus. Keep it up. And that's a wrap on episode three. Can't wait to see you next time.